Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we are going to take it in with Psalm 23.1 using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And I want to welcome back once again to the show, the fantastic one and only Susie Crosby. (laughs) Cue the confetti. Thanks, Angie. (laughs) I'm so excited. Uh, Me too. I love doing these with you. So Psalm 23.1 in the ESV this, this may be a verse that rings familiar. I think it might be. Psalm 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The book of Psalms means praises or songs or instrumental music. The complete collection of Psalms is 150. It is Israel's book of worship. And there are many authors because each Psalm stands alone, like songs on an album. I thought about that. Like if you have your favorite Mm. album, like do you have an album or I guess CD playlist, whatever, that's like the same person. That's like, it's a comforting CD Mm -hmm. and it like, it, it has this ring and it all works together. But when you look closely, like at the credits or something different people, write. A lot of times different people are writing those things, you know, right. It's funny how it all fits together, but it's different, Mm -hmm. different influences. I thought about that with the Mm -hmm. book of Psalms, but, um, but the most author, the author most frequently identified is King David. And the Faith Life Study Bible says that Psalm 23 is a psalm of confidence in Yahweh, showing an intimate relationship between the psalmist and Yahweh. Chapter 3, where we're going to be hanging out, has six powerful verses. It is a beloved psalm. Um, It's a psalm of David. Most account it to be a psalm of David's maturity, but with vivid remembrance of his youth as a shepherd. And James Montgomery Boyce says this, Millions of people have memorized this psalm, even those who have learned few other scripture portions. Ministers have used it to comfort people who are going through severe personal trials, suffering illness, or dying. For some, the words of this psalm have been the last they have ever uttered in their life. Mm. We're going to be hanging out in the part that talks about the Lord as a shepherd sustains, and it is a declaration of its immediate, no, a declaration and its immediate results. So, This is who he is, and this is what that means. Um, So one more time, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want is our verse for today. Step one in the method is to choose our word, and I will let Susie start us off. Okay, our word is want, and the definition of want is to feel a need or a desire for, to wish for, and being in want is the state of needing something that is absent or unavailable. The opposite of want is to have. 
to produce, generate, to hold, to earn, or to realize. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always think it's a little tricky when we do one of these, that's like a, this is called like a double negative or not really exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we're saying mm-hmm. that we don't, but if he's my shepherd, then because I don't want, I have right. Because mm-hmm. I don't want, I bear, I carry, I enjoy, I have in hand. I have some of the, the like the opposites mm-hmm. of this word is actually the promise, right? It's the, it's right. what we do. Yeah. It's what we do have, what we do hold, what we do get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. What we realized. Yes. What we, what we realize. Mm-hmm. And if, I even have the word, I think I read it produce. Um, but that was interesting that we, that it hap- it comes about that something comes about that we need or yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. I liked one of the definitions you said, R- rattle off those definitions again, real quick. Uh, to fill a need or a desire for, to wish for, um, something that is absent or unavailable. Mm, isn't that, I think that's the tricky mm-hmm. part right there. Cause we mm-hmm. think it's absent mm-hmm. and yeah. we think it's unavailable, but do we trust that because he's my shepherd, really nothing that we right. is absent or unavailable. Yeah. yeah. That's the one that I'm like, I can't remember exactly yeah. how you said that. Yeah. I want yeah. to go back to that. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, so step two in the method is to investigate, and we divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. In the Amplified Classic, I found lack. The CSB, I have what I need. So it flipped it to say the positive, right? The ERV, I will always have everything I need. Always is a big word, I think. Mm-hmm. The GW, I am never in need. The voice says, he cares for me always. And the WIC says, nothing shall fail to me. So because Mm. he's my shepherd, I shall not lack. Because he's my shepherd, I have everything I need always. And he cares for me always. And that's a big promise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Part two of the investigate step is to research the original word. What did you find? Well, it's the Hebrew number 2637 in Strong's, and it's pronounced, I think, I always would say I don't really know, but Haseder, Haseder. Sounds good. Um, and it means to lack, to have need, to bereave. And then the other one I thought was interesting was to lessen. Mm. To, and I feel like almost like feeling like we have less than or that we are less than or something Uh, just Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's a couple more fail made lower a lot of words that don't feel good I think sometimes when we think about I shall not want we do think about provision and maybe material comforts Mm -hmm. but I like what you just said because it made me think of also Everything emotionally that mm-hmm. I need is available yeah. to me. The affirmation I crave, that I desire, that I long for actually is already mine, right? The peace that I search for or security that I search for in other things is actually present because he's my refuge, right? Like that. So it's, it's, I, it's that I will be provided for. This is true. But even if, materially I am uncomfortable I still have everything that I really need right yeah right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
I wrote down as after I was doing the definition, I just made this little note to myself that says, it doesn't mean I don't desire to have anything. It means what I need will be taken care of. And a lot of times, I don't know about you. I imagine this is true for you because I think it's true for most of us. I get confused on the difference between a want and a need. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that when, you know, and then yes. we say this, I shall not want, which I think, mm-hmm. well, I won't want for anything. That's not what it says. That's not what it's promising. But it does say that everything we actually need will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part three is to read a little bit of commentary. And I found this in the Enduring Word. It said, for David, the fact of God's shepherd-like care was the end of dissatisfied need. He said, I shall not want both as a declaration and as a decision. I liked mm-hmm. that very much. Mm-hmm. Like I decide I'm not going to want because it always goes back to this. I trust he will provide, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I trust mm-hmm. he's going to take care of me. And so I decide that I'm not going to be wanting. It's like in Philippians 4, 13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And he's really talking about, if you read those verses up, up right above it, he's talking about contentment. Like I can be yes. content in, in whatever I have, because ultimately I already have what I need. I have the power of the Holy spirit in me. I have the presence of God. I know I am his child. I know how this story ends. So actually if I poke at this thing, that's tempting me to be dissatisfied, a little bit more, I know actually it doesn't have the power to make mm-hmm. me dissatisfied because I already have what I need to be satisfied. Oh, that's really, really good. <laughs> Content. Oh. I, I have uh, a little story I will share with you later about discontent. So I think that we're kind of hitting on the same thing. Awesome. Okay. We'll put a pin in that. Uh, The enduring (laughs) word also says, I shall not want means all my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd. I shall not want means I decide not to desire more than what the Lord, my shepherd gives. Mm -hmm. The Bible knowledge commentary says, because the Lord was David's shepherd, his needs were met. The IVP women's Bible commentary says the shepherd image implies that God accepts the responsibility to care for those who know him. His priorities are to keep them spiritually healthy and growing. And A.F. Kirkpatrick, one more, says the language is partly because of experience in the present and partly of confidence for the future. I liked that, too. Like there is evidence in my life that God has provided for me and there is trust that he will continue to do so. Right. Yeah, that was that was important to me that it is both. Um, what did it say? It was both declaration. That's what it said. It was both declaration and decision. And decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. How about you? Something from commentary that stood out? To yeah. You? I wrote those same things down to the declaration and the decision, but I also um, went on. I always like to read a little bit more of the context of the verse that we're using. And so if you go on to Psalm 23, two and three, it kind of explain or expands on. Yeah how he provides or how we will not be in want or how David was not going to be in want. It says, I shall not want for provision because he makes me lay down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment because he leads me beside the still waters. I shall not want for strength for he restoreth my soul. So those next two verses about the pastures and the still waters and the restoring my soul, those kind of 
um, give some meaning or some depth to, or some context, I guess, to why David doesn't have to want, he knows. Mm -hmm. And he uses that sheep image of, you know, how the shepherd gives them exactly what they need in real concrete ways. And it's really peaceful to just picture that. Yes. When you're feeling like you want, oh yeah, oh yeah, I can rest here. I can drink that living water. I can rely on him for strength. Yes. And to me, I think too, it's empowering to say when I'm not feeling like my needs are taken care of, when Mm -hmm. I feel dissatisfied, you know, Mm -hmm. right. Will I be brave enough to ask my question? What decision am I making right now? Yeah. You know, am I deciding to trust in his provision or am I trying to provide on my own? Or am I trying to, you know, have I believed the lie that if I don't keep working at something, the world's going to fall apart. And so that's why I don't have that rest that you're talking about, that refreshment Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. There's something about the word refreshment that just feels like, you know, a a cool breeze on a hot day. Right. I mean, he knows that it gets hot some days, like it's emotionally, right? Like, I mean, you're too much and it feels hot and I feel tired and I'm not, I'm like dehydrated emotionally, you know, like all those things. Right. And he's just like, I know, sweetie. And here's a cool breeze and a drink of water. And, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want it. I don't even. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. We just, we have to decide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got to drink it. He's off. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, part four is to try to rewrite the verse in our own words. Again, one more time from the ESV is where we started. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How did you rewrite that? Those words that are probably solidified for most of us in our mind. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus is my shepherd. I may not have everything I want, but I have everything I need. Yeah. Yeah. And, And are we bold enough to say, if I don't, if I want it and don't have it, I don't need it or I don't need it yet. Yes. Like really. Right. Mm -hmm. He knows. Mm -hmm. He knows. I either don't need it or I don't need it yet. Yeah. So it doesn't mean we can't dream. It doesn't mean we can't want for things or work for things. It doesn't say that at all. And they're, you know, part of having what we need, we have a job to do too. I mean, he calls us Mm -hmm. to be at work and, um, but ultimately, the things we need, he takes care of. So yeah. step three is to identify some of the characteristics of God to find the character of God. And I put that he is provider, that he knows what I need better than I do and shows me how to find what I need in him. Now that's, that part is our job and calls me to, I mean, he, even like in my ministry work, I think about this Susie, like he knows Psalm 37, four, take delight in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right. Well, what I've learned in that is the things that I actually desire are not the things I was chasing in my, like, I didn't know I desired that, but he brings things into my life and says, actually, this is going to make you far happier than anything that you were going to find on your own, but you wouldn't have gone looking for that until you knew me better. Right. And so here, I'm going to give you work even that satisfies you at a place that, you know, and if you're working at a job friend or something, that's not satisfied, I hear you and I see you. It's not that at all, but he will give us other outlets I believe this with all my heart, volunteer work or ministry passions, whatever, you know, those kind of things that he's like, actually, even with what you do with your brain and your hands and your feet, um, this will be something that brings you satisfaction and refreshment. It can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also put that he is patient when I'm looking to satisfy my needs by Mm -hmm. means of the world. 
he will call me back to his abundance. Mm -hmm. So step four is mm -hmm. to identify the lie to really kind of ask what we are afraid of or where we are believing the deceiver and making our decisions based on that instead of God's promise. And so what did you identify as at least a lie, Susie, that stands out to you? Yeah, the lies are pretty easy. To, I always have two or three. This one, um, you should have fill in the blank. Yes. And should, should have could yeah. also be replaced with need because yes. need is a loose yeah. term. But I think if I should have it, I need it. Yes. Right? Yes. And then the other one I wrote is you can't count on him for everything. Mm. And that didn't feel good to write or say. But yeah, sometimes I think I have to go get it myself, figure it out. Can't count on him for everything. Like he might do this, he but might, he might drop the ball yeah, on this. He might miss something. He might not know or think that I need. <laughs> sounds so ridiculous, but I think it it's so important to say out loud That's, because yes. It's, I Similarly, yes. I wrote down, if you are uncomfortable, God isn't taking care of you. <laughs> yeah so ridiculous oh of course goodness. we're going to be uncomfortable we mm. live in this fallen world that doesn't honor him and so there's just all these things that are not good yeah. there's so many things that are not good but that doesn't mean he's not taking care of me that's who aren't yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah yeah so step five in the method is called so what where we write down a takeaway and i wrote mine like this when i feel dissatisfied or lacking something i can evaluate if what i'm chasing is a want related to my pride and insecurities or a need that is actually already taken care of in my relationship with Christ. So if I feel dissatisfied again, is this thing that I am chasing a want? And it's really related to me trying to cover up my own insecurities. Cause let's be honest, that's often when I'm chasing something mm -hmm. or I feel dissatisfied, it's because I want something to speak to areas of insecurity, which also stem from lies, or is it a need that is actually already taken care of? And I'm not noticing how that's true in my yeah. walk with him. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? A takeaway? Well, I have a, this is where I'm going to bring back the, the opposite of content. So I have okay. a little story that I'm going to share from a book that I love so much mm. called a shepherd looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. And I've read it several times now. We did a little Bible study on it at school, but I read it often just to remind myself of what it means to have Jesus as our shepherd, because this man that wrote it was a shepherd, a good one, and he was also a pastor. So a shepherd of real sheep and a shepherd of people. And he writes um, about how, how he took care of his sheep and what that really means for us as followers of Jesus and what, and how he cares for us, or how he takes care of us. And so in the very first chapter, it's called, I shall not be in want. And it has this story of how he really had like really good pastures. He really knew what his sheep needed. He knew them well. He loved them well. He took care of them, but he had one that he said was a very attractive sheep and beautifully proportioned, excellent coat of wool, clean, alert, well set with bright eyes, he said. And so she had one big pronounced fault and he said she was restless, discontent, a fence crawler so much that I came to call her Mrs. Gadabout. And I, I have to just remind myself when I start thinking that something I don't have is, you know, really important and that I'm deprived 
I think about Mrs. Gad about this little sheep that she said, it said, no matter what the field, what field or pasture the sheep were in, she would search all along the fences or shore line for a loophole she could crawl through and start to feed on the other side. It was not that she lacked pasturage. My fields were my joy and delight. No sheep in the district had better grazing. With Mrs. Gadabout, it was an ingrained habit. She was simply never contented with things as they were. And on and on it goes. And it, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but because I want you to, I want you to read the book. <laughs> I will link it in the show notes. It's kind of sad, actually, <laughs> and shocking. But it's a really pointed story about what happens when we get a, we start thinking he's not giving us what we need, or we stop trusting that he will, and we become like Mrs. Gadabout. So sometimes I tease myself and call myself that. Uh, the other thing that I think is really tricky that helps us or causes us, not helps us, causes us to be more like Mrs. Gadabout is, and I was teaching my kindergartners about searching for something on Google or searching on the internet. The symbol that we look for at, in the search bar is a magnifying glass. And it, when you look at a magnifying glass, you're looking at something really, you're looking at something small, right? You're focusing very, very small. And I think sometimes we think all those things that we can find on the internet, all the things we can search for, all the things that are, you know, there's like unlimited things we can order online or have at our fingertips. It's all pretty small. When we think about what really God has for us, it's a much bigger picture that he sees. Hmm. Just like a shepherd would see all the pastures and know where the best place for us is, we don't, we can't see that. We're just looking small for a little hole in the fence or what that person has or what, what I lost and I think I need more of or whatever. God knows he is the, the shepherd is so much wiser than the sheep. So this book is a good reminder. And when we're, when we're against the fence line, wondering what focused on what we don't have. And this is, I know so true with me. There's we're we're missing so much of what we do have. Right. Like we're just so focused right. on, we don't, what we don't have. And we don't take the time to notice and, and praise him. Yeah. And thank him for yeah the enormous amount of blessing, provision, protection that we do have. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So, so I was trying to think of an opposite of instead of a magnifying glass, instead of looking down, small, searching in a limited place, look up, look up to him, open your hands, something opposite of a, a magnifying glass. I couldn't really think of something, yeah. but just looking up to him um, with open hands and say, I know there's more. You have more. You have what I need. Yeah. Yeah. And even an act of confession, I see that in the looking up, mm -hmm. right? Like, forgive mm -hmm. me that I'm focused on yes. this thing that I don't have. Really, yes. like I help me to 
not spend so much head time figuring out how to get it or being resentful that I don't have mm-hmm. it or whatever. Trying to find and, a hole in the fence. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Help me stop looking for a hole in the fence and to really turn my eyes and focus on what I do have. That's really mm-hmm. good. That's a good word, Susie. I thank you. I will continue to think about Miss Gadabout. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be, uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not gadabout. <laughs> I think that can be a declaration and a decision as well, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. we could rewrite it that way. Oh, so good. So good. Friend, we'd love to hear your takeaway if you have one. Uh, you can email me anytime with a takeaway or anything else at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it helps the show a great deal. Thank you very much for those of you who are subscribers. I very much appreciate it. And I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday when I will visit with Christy Osborne. Um, She and I had a powerful conversation about her walk to sobriety and the danger of what she calls the mommy wine culture. Christy's testimony will be our live it out on Psalm 23.1 about not wanting. Thank you so much for listening. And Susie, thank you so much for joining me again. Thanks for having me, Angie. It was so much fun. I pray wherever your day takes you, friend, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.